G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We have a wonderful, wonderful lesson dealing with the second sign, Nobleman's Son Healed, is the title, based on John chapter 4, verses 43 to 54. And what we will see is that this sign is going to point yet again to the true identity of Jesus. You have to bear in mind that the multitudes, as much as they liked Jesus, perhaps even loved Jesus, and gathered to hear him, They were limited in their understanding. They thought that Jesus was, well, a prophet. Maybe he was a priest. Maybe he was a temporal king. Maybe he was John the Baptist risen from the dead or Elijah or Elisha. But they didn't understand that he was the Christ. Although the woman at the well, she knew he was the Christ and the people of Sychar also confessed that he was the Christ. So it's amazing. The Samaritans are confessing Christ even before many Jewish people confessed that Jesus was the Christ, even though Jesus came from the house of Israel, from the tribe of Judah, and from David's lineage. So I'd like to read to you a couple of verses here in this portion from John chapter 4 about the healing of the nobleman's son. And This is what we learn in verse 47. This is the nobleman. It says, when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, go thy way. Thy son liveth. We'll stop right here. What we see is what is so normal in life. There is a need, indeed a crisis. When there is a crisis, the wisest thing to do is find somebody who can help. Because if you personally can't solve the crisis, find that one who can. In this case, it was a no-brainer. Jesus of Nazareth, the one who had turned the water into wine in the same village of Canaan, is now back in town, and he's going to be available for another miracle. The nobleman was probably royal. Perhaps he was of the household of Herod the Tetrarch of Galilee. We don't know for sure he is not named, but we just know he was upper crust, and therefore, even though he's upper crust, His need was the same as anybody else's. He's got a deathly sick loved one. There is no way that medical science can help at this point. So God is all he has, and he's about to discover that God is all he needs. So he sees Jesus. He begs him to please come to Capernaum, where the son was, for the son is at the point of death. It just so happened that Jesus had moved to Capernaum, 
although I'm not sure when the move happened in the Gospel of John, moved from Nazareth to Capernaum, and Cana is near Nazareth. So he's saying, Jesus, please come down, because my son is about to die. Jesus makes the comment, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Apparently, that was an issue. He, nobleman, of course, doesn't want to take no for an answer. Please, please come. And Jesus says simply, you can go your way because your son will still live. In fact, he is alive. We're going to learn more about this down the track. But in this lesson, we're going to see that Jesus will have no honor from his local people. Instead, he will have honor from those afar off. He returns to Cana. He deals with the father. He speaks the words of healing over the son, or at least go your way. Your son lives, and the man believes, and faith is what makes the difference. The healing is confirmed to happen at a certain time. The son is indeed healed, and it is then announced by John, this is the second miracle. Now I want to read to you from the entire portion of John chapter 4, verses 43 to 54. Our lesson is called Nobleman's Son Healed, from John chapter 4, verses 43 to 54. This is God's word. Now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Then when he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman, whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servant met him, and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. Our reading is from John chapter 4, verses 43 to 54, and our lesson is called Second Sign, Nobleman's Son Healed. Well, let's begin with verse 43. Remember that Jesus just had a revival in Samaria. The Samaritans confessed him as this Christ, Savior of the world. And now he's back in his own home territory of Galilee. This is two days out from when he left Samaria. But then he, there is this confession or testimony already made that a prophet has no honor in his own country. It is often the case in ministry that you are more appreciated by outsiders than by those who know the minister locally or even 
from family members who know the minister best. So Jesus had the same experience. And remember that Cana, where he's now located, is just a few kilometers from Nazareth. Nazareth rejected Jesus, as we read in John chapter 4. In fact, they even took him to the brow of the hill to throw him headlong. They wanted to kill him because, well, he's telling them words of truth and they just didn't want to hear it. I mean, that would have been highly traumatic for anybody to have the people you grew up with for 30 years want to destroy you all at once. And they wouldn't be the only ones that had murderous intentions. Jesus relocates to Capernaum. But he's at this point in Cana, near Nazareth. Capernaum is down the road, as we're about to see. When Jesus came to Galilee in John 4.45, the Galileans provisionally received him. They themselves had been at the Jerusalem feast and saw what he did there at that time. So now Jesus has come back to Galilee and to Cana, where he turned the water into wine. At Cana was a nobleman who had a sick son who lived in Capernaum. I estimate Capernaum from Cana was at least, how should I say it, 55 to 60 kilometers down the road. This nobleman may have been a royal person on the staff of Herod. Then he does what anybody in the same situation would do. He gives what I call the father's plea. In John four forty-seven. when this man heard that Jesus came from Judea, to Galilee. He went to him straight and begged that he would go to Capernaum and heal his son, who was about to die. It was that drastic. In one sense, it was a big ask, because the son was not there in Cana, where Jesus and the father was. He was in Capernaum, and the journey would be long and arduous. But it's an emergency, and this is his son. So the father's importunity is highly understandable. But then Jesus makes a statement which comes across a little bit hard, but Jesus knows what he's doing because as we learn in John chapter 1, Jesus Christ is full of grace and truth. So even when he's speaking, shall we say, tough things, he's doing so with tough love. And friends, in this thin-skinned, snowflake-riddled, narcissistic age, we need more tough love not less. So in verse 48, it is possible that this man, like many in Galilee, were looking only to signs and wonders and withheld faith until signs and wonders came to pass. Jesus is not just speaking to the man. He's speaking to anyone within an earshot about the problem that they basically, unless they see signs and wonders, they will not believe. It's pretty much like the statement he makes near the end of the Gospel of John when he tells Doubting Thomas, Thomas, you believe because you have seen the miraculous. Blessed is the person who believes without seeing. Now, that doesn't mean that you'll never see a miracle if you believe only. On the contrary, I think you will see even more miracles because you chose to believe the words of life, the words of God, the words of Jesus. So, therefore, we come to John four forty nine, the urgent plea. The man, the father, the distraught father, would not be dissuaded. He is begging Jesus to come down, 
meaning come to Capernaum. Again, a quick geography lesson. Cana is in the hills of Lower Galilee. Capernaum is 55 plus kilometers to the northeast. But Capernaum is not in the hills of Galilee. It is in the Rift Valley. It is on the northern shore of the Lake of Galilee. And all of the Lake of Galilee, including Caperna area, Tiberias, Chorazin, Bethsaida, Ein Gev, are below sea level. So even though the hills of Galilee, where Jesus was once located, Nazareth and Cana, are above sea level, the Rift Valley region of Caperna below sea level is basically subtropical like a whole different world, even though it wasn't that far away. Therefore, he's begging Jesus to come down. Remember that Jesus' home was there anyway, but if he didn't come down to Capernaum quickly, this child would die. So then Jesus, in his sovereignty, in his wisdom, in his grace, in his truth, and in his love, he simply makes a very strong statement. He says there's no need for him to go down to Capernaum. He says this because the man can go his way because the son is going to live. There's no recorded prayer. There is no laying on of hands. There's no anointing of oil. He simply says, go your way. Your son lives. The man, it is recorded in John 4, verse 50, the man believed the words of Jesus and did what he was told to do. He went his way. Well, praise God that he did, because after all, our obedience is one of the proofs that we believe. Our disobedience can be often fueled by nagging doubt and unbelief. Now, let's be honest, everybody has pangs of doubt from time to time. Some people are riddled with doubt, and in fact, Even some are tormented with doubt, and it need not be that way. That's why we teach God's word, because as Romans 10 verse 17 tells us, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. And when you hear the word of God, blessed are you and happy will you be when you do what God says. Let me remind you from those wonderful words of Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 and 25, When you hear the sayings of Jesus and do what he commands, you are a wise person. You're building your house on the rock, the sure foundation. You're no longer on sinking sand. You're on a very solid place that will withstand the winds, the waves, the floods, the storms of life. You will still be standing when everything and everyone else has fallen into a heap. To me, obeying Jesus is the most future-ready thing you can do because it's being part of the path of the just. Proverbs 4, verse 18. And the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more to the perfect day. So Jesus is giving a command. The Father wisely obeys that command He doesn't ask Jesus anymore, please come down to Capernaum, pray for my son. He simply does what he's told. Then in John chapter 4, verse 51, he gets welcome news, much welcome. While he's traveling on the road, this nobleman encounters his servants 
who had come from Capernaum to tell him that his son is not just still alive, his son has been totally healed. Praise God. And then in chapter 4, verse 52, the nobleman says, Well, what time did my son get better? They replied, Yesterday, about 1 p.m., the fever left your son. 1 p.m.? That was exactly the time that Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. This is in John four fifty-three. So because the timing was impeccable, the word of Jesus 1 p.m., the healing at 1 p.m., so needless to say, the nobleman and all his household came to faith. And then we round this off with this statement in verse 54 of John 4. The healing of the nobleman's son is called the second miracle performed by Jesus when he came from Judea into Galilee. Jesus would do many miracles, both in Judea and elsewhere, and numerous ones in Galilee. But the good news is, not only is the boy healed, but Jesus has affirmed his identity yet again. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.